Welcome to the Better Wallet Podcast, a podcast where we talk to everyday people who have changed their lives through managing their money. We talk about their money journeys, the good, the bad, and the ugly. At least once a month, we'll have a new episode where you can learn how to manage your money better. We're going to be simplifying the money-related topics that keep people up at night, including budgeting, paying off debt, investing, and how to build a business. The goal is to make money a less taboo, everyday topic. Now here's your host, Mark Russell. Welcome to the next episode of the Better Wallet Podcast. As you guys know, the Better Wallet Podcast is all about demystifying the topic of money and sharing powerful money stories from people who truly beat the odds. Today, we are going to not just talk about money. We're going to talk about landing your dream job. In fact, we're going to talk about three hacks that I used when I was working a nine to five in corporate and three hacks that I used to land my actual dream job. In fact, I think I've landed at least two of the three jobs that I landed, I would call my dream job. So we're going to talk all about that. The reason why I think this is important right now is because I don't know if you're tracking or not, but in tech, there have been a lot of layoffs, not just last year, but this year as well. 170,000 layoffs in tech in tech alone. So in technology alone, 170 layoffs, which is absolutely crazy, right? So with people getting laid off, you combine that with people who currently have jobs where you're about to go into summertime. After summertime, people, you know, the weather starts getting cold and people start looking for new jobs. So I wanted to give some tips on how to go about landing your dream job And again, they come from the 10 years of me working in corporate America and things that I learned that allowed me to land my dream job. Because for me, just to kind of give a little bit of a pat on the back, if you will, when I was applying for jobs, I've never had a time where I applied for an in-person interview and I did not get the job. Again, I've never had a time where I had an in-person interview and I did not get the job at the end. And I think that has to do a lot with preparation. So I always try to be the most prepared person. And I also try to use the strategies that we're going to go through. I'm going to go through three that allowed me to interview better, connect with people better, and then also show them that I really know my stuff. So we're going to go through that right now. So of the three hacks, there's one that would teach you how to apply for a job. Actually, there's two that help you apply for a job. And then the last one is going to teach you a tip that I think helped differentiate me from everyone else when I was actually interviewing for the job. So the first one is you have to apply from the inside when you're looking for a new job. What do I mean by that? When you're applying to a new job, traditionally, people think they need to apply through the website. They need to apply through LinkedIn. If you do that, chances are a computer is going to take a look at your resume and you leave it up to the computer if they're going to pass you on to the next round or not. The next round tends to be an interview with the HR department, right? So if your resume doesn't look the way that they want it to look, if it doesn't give the computer the numbers that they're looking for, then you're likely not going to get that job. If your GPA doesn't match, they need to you know, a 3-3 and you're coming in with a 3-2-5 or whatever it might be, if you just are straight out of college, that's going to be an issue. So you have to apply from the inside if you want to secure a job. What do I mean by that? 
you need to connect with someone who is already working that job in order to get the job that you want. In order to do that, you need to go to a place like LinkedIn. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of others, but LinkedIn is probably the easiest way of going about getting your dream job. Here's what you do. You look for someone who has something that you connect with, something you relate with. Let it be you guys went to the same high school, the same college. If they are, for example, for me, the thing that I use all the time was if there was a black male in finance, I was going after him. <laughs> like black male, black female, because I knew that there was only so many of us within the finance world. So me being on the outside, them being on the inside, I wanted to connect with them because not only did I want to connect with them because I wanted the job, I also wanted to know, you know, how did you actually get there? Let me know more about your journey. And then also, once I do get the job, you're going to be my first friend. <laughs> like You don't have a choice, right? So you want to make sure you are connecting from the inside that way. So to give you a better example, all you have to do, and it might sound a little awkward up front, but I promise you, it's less painful than what you might think. What I did, went to LinkedIn, I knew the role that I wanted because you have all the different ads and you, know, you can look up the different jobs from Indeed and sometimes they are, they're actually on LinkedIn. You send a message to whoever that person might be, or let me actually take a step back. You search that specific role and you see who's in the actual role. So let's say account representative at Vanguard, you want that role. You look up account representative at Vanguard, you see who's actually in that specific role. A lot of times people have you know, the same role and you know, they have similar names. Then you look through and you look through maybe the top 10 people who pop up and see if you can find someone that you relate with. Again, high school, college, demographic, if they grew up in a similar city, whatever it might be, you want to find one thing that you relate with. And then you type up a message and you can basically use this same template because it's the one that I used. Hey, John, or whatever the person's name is, I see you've done a lot of great things throughout your financial career. I'm truly impressed by what you've been able to accomplish. My name is Mark Russell, and I'm currently working at X company, working in this position. And the role as an account manager at Vanguard is my dream role. I would love if we can set up five to 10 minutes just to talk about your story and then how you were able to land such a great role. Looking forward to talking with you. Here's the thing. One of two things are going to happen. One, they might just ignore you or they might say, yeah, let's talk. Who doesn't have five minutes to talk about themselves, right? Five, 10 minutes to talk about themselves. And if you already relate with them, you know, I didn't add that part in, but in the template, not only do you want to connect with them, talk about them and their accomplishments, but also mention that you are, you know, you went to the same high school, you went to the same college, you have a similar demographic, whatever it might be, and then ask for that five to 10 minutes. Sorry, I forgot to add that in there. But once you do that, they're either going to say no, or maybe not even reply at all, or they're going to say, yeah, and you set up that, you know, five, 10 minutes with them. And then once you're talking to them, listen to your story, hear about the story, you know, connect to things that might relate to you. And then from there say, hey, like I'm looking for the same job, or is there any openings? I saw one that was online. They're going to say, yeah. And then they're going to ask for you to put them down as a referral, right? 
So that's going to be your way of getting in the door. Because if you don't know, the referral bonus at a lot of these companies can be from 500 to thousands of dollars because these companies want people who are similar to the folks that they have already hired to come in the door, right? So, and then the fact that they have referred you and then also you have something that you relate with them on, that might've been one of the reasons on why they even hired that person in the first place. For example, if I connect with someone and they might be another Penn State alum, maybe they hired them because they went to Penn State and they liked the degree that they got or they feel like the folks from Penn State are well-rounded and just giving examples, but that could be a reason why they might hire you. So you want to make sure that you kind of follow that process in order for you to get that job, right? So you're going to put them down as a referral, right? So, you know, John Smith, whatever, and then you apply for the job. And then what you do is you don't harass John for the next couple of weeks. You just, you know, over the next day or so, check in, maybe ask some questions about the job, maybe ask some questions about like a potential interview, but for the most part, like just kind of let it be, let it simmer. Likely if that person referred you to HR, they're going to give you at least that initial phone call, at least that initial phone call. Then it's completely up to you to prepare for the interviews, kill the interviews and then get the job. Right. The initial interview with HR basically is going to be more of like a yes, no type of evaluation. Like, do they fit the culture? Do they know a little bit about what the company offers? Essentially, you want to make sure you're not, you know, someone that should not be working at the firm. Because you have to think about HR really doesn't know what the specific department might be doing on a day to day basis. Their goal is to just make sure you're a good fit for the company. I wanted to take a quick break from the episode to discuss one of the biggest crises we're facing today. The crisis is the lack of financial literacy. When you made your first paycheck, did anyone tell you what to do with it? Probably not. This is why 63% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck and get this, half of which make more than six figures. So what I did was I took my expertise as a retired financial advisor and industry professional to give you a complete financial checklist that you can use to get your finances in order in less than 10 minutes. It's completely free and I have a link in my show notes. I want you to take complete command of your financial future this year and this checklist is going to help you get started. Okay, let's get back to the episode. So after you do all that, you want to make sure that you are, again, prepping as much as you possibly can for the actual interview. Let's take a deep dive into like what you're actually submitting after you talk to the person, right? The person you relate to, what's the next step, right? When you're going and you're applying, you know? So when you're applying, even when you're crafting your resume, make sure your resume is one page. So it's step number two. So I'm kind of going all over the place. Step number two is that your resume needs to be one page. One, I don't care how much experience you think you have, it needs to be one page. The reason why has nothing to do with your resume and it has nothing to do with your experience, it has everything to do with human behavior. People are lazy. People don't make time for things and they procrastinate. So here's what happens. I've interviewed hundreds of people when I work at Vanguard. Here's what happens. They 
once you submit your resume and maybe you go through the HR screening and that resume is then passed to the hiring manager, whoever's going to be interviewing you, they're breaking out of their day for an hour to do something that they typically don't do. And that's interviewing you. <laughs> so because of that, they are not prepared. If they looked at your resume, they probably looked at your resume for a good 30 seconds to a minute, if that, because they tend to have a bunch of other things going on. They're not evaluating your resume that deeply. They just assume that if you made it through HR, then you're probably good to go and you just need to make sure they're a good fit for the specific role, especially the initial interviews. Maybe later down the road, there might be like a case study or something that's a little bit more detailed, but the initial interviews after HR, they're literally just looking at your resume, they're asking some behavioral based questions, but that is basically it, right? And it's more of a check the box type of process. So when it comes down to your resume, here are things you have to make sure you have on your resume. Number one, make sure there's no grammatical mistakes. If I read a resume and I saw a grammatical mistake, I'm almost immediately throwing it out, almost immediately. Because I, in my head, and trust me, I make a lot of mistakes all over the place, but your resume needs to be perfect, has to be perfect. It's the same way with like, if you're a business owner, you have a website and on the website, you have a grammatical mistake. That's like your first impression with, you know, whoever is on your website, it's the same way with a resume, it's your first impression. So you want to make sure there's no grammatical mistakes. You review it, your friend reviews it, your mom reviews it, whoever needs a review, they need to review it and make sure there's no grammatical mistakes. That's so, so important. That's number one. Number two, make sure the formatting kind of fits what the formatting should be for a typical resume for your day and age, right? So right now the formatting is pretty simple, one page, double space normally. So you can basically go to places like ChatGPT and type in, you know, current resume template or current resume format, and it'll show you what the typical format looks like. So try to stick within that format. I know some people, they have these weirdly formatted resumes. And I look, I used to look at them and be like, what, like, what is going on here? You know, they would have like a bunch of pictures on the resume. Like just try to keep it as traditional as possible on your resume. You also want to highlight different numbers. So why is that important? Because when you are applying for a job and you want to impress an employer, they care about change. They care about impact. So instead of saying, I manage employees to meet daily expectations, you can say, I had a team of 13 employees with the goal of helping to bring in 15 accounts per day. And I was able to increase that by 30% over X time frame, right? So you want to make sure that it's impactful. You have the numbers because when you read through a resume or when a hiring manager reads through a resume, they're looking for those numbers. They're looking for that change. They're looking for what they call the Delta. So make sure your numbers are in there as much as you possibly can. Every line item, in my opinion, should have a number. Like what did you change? Were you just in the situation? Were you just managing were you just involved or were you a change agent, right? Were you a change agent is what they're typically looking for. 
Number two, within, you know, having one page resume. Number two, make sure you're highlighting your specific goals at the top. So you can say, you know, action oriented person or, you know, high achiever looking to secure a role as a virtual assistant at a growing company, right? Be very clear about what your specific goals are. And if you want to take it a level above, I'm going to use Vanguard as an example, hoping to land a account management role at Vanguard uh, or trying to use my detail oriented skills to lend a fast paced job at the Vanguard group, whatever it might be. Right. So that's actually highlighting your goals. That way, when the HR person is reading it or a hiring manager is reading it, they can then say, okay, well, I know exactly what he's looking for. I know exactly what his goals are and what he brings to the table, because then again, humans are lazy. They're going to then use that information to when they're all coming together and say, okay, who are we going to hire? They're going to say, well, I want to hire Kevin because he's goal oriented. He's a high achiever and he really wants to secure a job at Vanguard, right? Basically going straight off your resume into the evaluation of you. So make their job easy. And the last one, one of my pet peeves is after so many years of being removed from high school, you actually don't need to have that in there. It's assumed, right? If I worked at Vanguard already, I worked there for you know seven years, and I went to another company, they're not gonna ask me about my high school experience. Frankly, they probably don't care unless I went to like one of the high schools in that area where they might relate. Otherwise, you're, you're likely good to remove your high school degree from your resume. It's no longer important and it is assumed. And if they have any questions, they're going to ask you, right? So, of course, if they ask for your high school diploma or like information about you graduating from high school, if they ask for that when you're applying for a job, of course, put it in there. But otherwise, you don't need to have that in there, right? So that, that should save you a bunch of space and make sure everything is on one, one page. And then hack number three, in my opinion, is that you need to know more about the company than the person who is interviewing you. What do I mean by that? You need to be looking up Google News articles. You need to be on LinkedIn, understanding what new developments have been made within the company what big projects are they currently working on? And why that's important is the best way to impress the person who's interviewing you is for you to know more about the company that they work for than they do, right? So when I was at Vanguard, before I worked at Vanguard, I came in and I had questions about one of the newer projects that they were working on. And I said, hey, Jane, you know, I'm really curious about the new development that I saw online the other day where it seems like you guys are opening up an advice department where you're basically giving personalized advice to you know, business owners or giving personal advice to retail investors. Can we talk a little bit more about that? I think that's really interesting, right? Jane had no clue that was even happening, but because I brought that up, she was impressed. And because she was impressed and she didn't know anything about it, the conversation was pretty limited. <laughs> so it wasn't even like we needed to go back and forth on like Vanguard's advisory department. She was shocked and she said, oh, that's cool that you know about that because not many people know about it, right? And then we had a brief conversation about the importance of having that kind of department and that was it, right? But she walked away saying like, he really wants his job because he did enough research 
to understand what the hell is even going on at this organization, right? So then they started thinking, okay, well, he could be a leader in this organization. He could be a manager. He could maybe be the CEO, he or she, right? So that's why you want to do your research. Look at the Google News articles, maybe even set up Google Alerts so you know exactly what's happening and when. You also want to go on to LinkedIn and just look at the new developments within LinkedIn because companies tend to announce exactly what is happening within the organization because they want to brag about it. You want to understand what big projects they are working on. And then, you know, even when you're asking about those projects, ask about how it might impact the current department. Not in a way where you're fearful or, you know, not in the way where it might seem like you don't want the job, but more out of curiosity. Hey, Vanguard, it seems like you're, or hey, Jane, you know, Vanguard's working on this new project to provide retail investors with advice. I'm curious on how this is going to impact X department that you're in right now right? That's like a very thorough question that you can ask them and show that you have true interest in working for that job. So to recap, three hacks to landing your dream job. Number one, apply from the inside. Make sure that you're not just submitting your resume and allowing them to decide, letting a robot decide on if you can get the job or not. You need to be DMing someone that you relate to to tell them, hey, like, I'm interested in a job. I want to learn about your story. And then, oh, by the way, can you put me down as a referral? That way they get that referral bonus. You have a good friend that (laughs) is looking out for you in the inside. And then hopefully when you land the job, they get that referral bonus. So that's number one. Number two, make sure your resume is one page. Have goals, numbers in that resume. Then also remove anything that's no longer relevant. We talk about removing your high school from your experience. If you've already worked a job, right? You've already been vetted out. You can remove your high school experience, but also you can remove any experience that's not relevant to the job that you're applying for, right? So if you were like, I drove Uber for some time and you know, I drove Uber before I started working at my second company. I wasn't going to add in the fact that I work for Uber. Like, they don't care. Like it's not relevant, right? I did get paid from it, but it's not relevant. Now, if I was applying to become a taxi driver, then I probably would want to put in, Hey, like I drove Uber that way they know that, you know, qualified for that specific job. And then number three, you need to know more about that job. You need to know more about that company than the person who's interviewing you. That shows how impressive you are. It shows that your research right? And you know a lot about what is happening and it shows that you're curious. So those are the three things that you need to do in order to land your dream job. So if you go through, you use any of these hacks, any of them work, please hit me up and let me know. It worked for me over the years. It worked for a lot of my mentees and people that I've mentored over time. So I'm sure it will work for you. So happy job hunting. Let me know if you need any help with that. We'll close. When you guys get a quick second, please go and rate and review the podcast, please. This is how we get to more and more people is through you going and rating and reviewing the actual podcast. So if you have 30 seconds as you're listening to this podcast right now, yeah, you, the person listening to this podcast, please go into wherever you're listening to the podcast and leave a review and a rating. And what I do is I read off those reviews during the podcast episode. So please help a brother out 
and leave a rating or review or both, depending on how much you love me. So with that, we'll close. You guys have a great week and I will see you next week on the Better Wallet Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Better Wallet Podcast. If you learned something new during today's episode, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. We would also love a rating and review as well. In closing, remember the goal is to live a better life through taking control of your money. We want our money to work hard for us so we can live the life that we've always imagined. I'll see you on the next episode.